Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, down there, sexual and reproductive health, the wise woman way. And abundantly well, seven medicines, the wise woman way, the newest book in the wise woman herbal series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Knees, a Cancer Diagnosis, Adaptogens for Long Life, and Abundantly Well Companion Course, Wise Woman You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Catherine. Thank you, Susan. How are you today up there in Alaska? 
I'm quite well. We got the wonderful gift of several feet of snow. I was going to ask if you got that snowstorm. It was all the way from Alaska to out here. Yes, we sure didn't get sure. several feet, but we got at least enough snow that I got the day off of Goat Watch. Oh, what with all this, right? What with all the spring grass coming up, I have had to be outside all day long with the goats because they're just wandering around. But they don't like to get their feet wet in the snow, so they stayed home today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're not quite there, Susan. We'll catch up with you, but it sounds lovely. Mother mm-hmm. Nature gave us a wonderful show. Before mm-hmm. before winter was over, we got a beautiful, beautiful amount of snow here. And one of those beautiful snows that drifts so gently down that every tree limb is outlined. Not one of those windy. Indeed. Right. That's right. And it's okay. Other plants will survive it. I mean, I even had it snow on my lettuces in May, and they survived it. Wow. They do? Yeah, I was pretty amazed, but somehow they made it through. Well, lots of of exciting news to share. I got all fired up this weekend about, um, oh, the many questions that people were asking me and the it seemed like the you know the flood of stuff that people were putting out about how to deal with covid-19 so i made an outline got my props together and did a 22 lesson course on how to deal with covid-19 when you get it and it's at wisewomanschool.com and it's free I've so anybody it. who wants to can go to wisewomanschool and um, use that course in any way you want to to help yourself get prepared. I've been talking to people, and people say, oh, I'm just terrified. I'm like, and what are you doing? I'm just being terrified. Well, being terrified is not being prepared. In fact, being terrified is very bad for your immune system. Agreed. Absolutely. No, I, I immediately felt better, Susan. I'm so glad. I, I, thank you. I, oh, You're so welcome. Thank you. Got asked Yeah. I got uplifted. I got active. And right. We are. So thank you, There's Susan. things we can do. That is available for everyone. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Wisewomanschool.com, your free course on how to handle yourself when you get COVID-19 because you will. It's incredibly contagious. All this stuff that we're doing, it's not going to work. People, everybody is going to get it. But your goal is to have as few symptoms as possible. And with some herbal allies, which you can spend time now getting on hand, as I said, I went through my herb cupboard because I didn't want to be having to go through my herb cupboard when I was sick, right? I said, let me go now and get out the remedies I'm going to want so I don't have to get them then. So that was exciting and wonderful. And thank you, Justine and Allie and everybody who helped get that together. And one of the references that I had was using um, when I was reading up about what's going on with coronaviruses uh, was Paul Bergner. And he actually has an entire course also on dealing with the flu in general and has really spent a fair amount of time um, looking at what went on in 1918 when we had the last big flu pandemic. And he has agreed to do a teleseminar with me this Thursday. 
And that will be really nine o'clock. To that, nine o'clock East Coast time, six o'clock West Coast time. We'll be talking for an hour, and then there'll be half an hour for you to ask your questions. Just as an example, Paul talked about how. In 1918, one of the very big things that had happened in the previous 15 years was a great um, movement from the country into the cities. And so people went from spending time outside in the sun to spending all of their time inside because if you worked, you worked from dawn to dusk, basically. And there was widespread vitamin D deficiency. And vitamin D deficiency really set you up to get the flu symptoms really bad when you get the flu. Gee, is there a widespread vitamin D deficiency? Well, yes, because people have been told they should wear sunscreen. So the very, uh, it's not the first, I think the very first video I say, take some motherwort and calm down. And then the second one is go and get in the sun and start making vitamin D. From spring equinox into fall equinox, exposing your face, and your arms from your fingertips to your elbows to the sun between 11 and 1 will gain you 20,000 units of vitamin D, which can be stored in your body for over a year. So it's that that's easy incredible. to bring your vitamin D up. 15 minutes in the sun, do it every day, that's great. If there's a snowy or cloudy day, don't worry. You made a lot. The day that you were out in the sun, if you can only do it a couple of days a week, you're still going to have plenty of vitamin D and ever so much better for you than taking a supplement because the supplement is just one factor of vitamin D. It's vitamin D3. And also, you know, every teacher that I've ever had has told me, it's not the goal, Susan. It's not the goal. It's the process. It's the getting to the goal. It's not the goal. Yeah, you can keep your eye on the goal, but keep your heart in the process. And so I think about, you know, vitamin D and vitamin A, which are made in our bodies. And how when we take vitamin D or when we take vitamin A, bad things happen. Taking vitamin A while you're pregnant increases the child's risk of birth defect by 700%. Women who take vitamin A break their hips far more often. It's really bad news to take vitamin A, and vitamin D is not much better. And I thought, oh, it must be the process, right? It's the process by which we make these vitamins that confers the health benefit, not the vitamin itself. So just one more reason to not go to the store, but go outside. And lots more. Information, of course, about all kinds of herbs that you can use. Tonight, at 9 o'clock, we are going to be joined by Star Feather Marcy, who is a 10th generation American. Her first recorded ancestor, John Marcy, arrived in America in the mid-1600s as an indentured servant. Hmm... Wow. So, um, whoa, long bio here. And um, she's going to be talking to us about how Native American teaching entered her life and drumming and uh, all kinds of interesting things. So stick with us until 9 o'clock or come back at 9 o'clock to hear Star Feather Marcy. 
Do we have anybody who wants to ask questions tonight? We do, Susan. We have so many callers that want to speak to you. So um, if you want to speak to Susan, also press 1 and get in the queue. Uh, We have an 845 area code. Hi, this is Tatiana. Hi, Tatiana. Hi. Hi, Susan. Good to hear your voice. Um, So last time we talked... I said I have a problem losing weight, and you told me to drink um, the uh, the nourishing herbal infusions. Yes, infusion infusions. I want to say fusion. I said no, that's not the word. Infusion. So I did that for two weeks, um, and um, what happened? You told me to eat at lunch. Not to eat breakfast after I drink the tea, I won't be hungry. Well, hunger is in my head, not in my stomach. So I was hungry. Um, in the beginning, for about two days, I didn't eat in the morning. I ate lunch. What happened was that uh, my stomach or my head is used to eat three times a day. So I started eating 12, 6, and then in the middle of the night, I would be hungry which is very unusual for me. I'm not a a night eater. So I didn't like that. I, I continued taking the infusions and eat breakfast, uh, lunch, and dinner. Of course, that did not um, help losing weight. And after two weeks, uh, I kind of felt overwhelmed by so much liquid, and I stopped drinking Uh, Excuse me, so much liquid? How much liquid were you drinking? I think only the the idea that I have to to drink uh, more or less a quart of infusion every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of liked it. It What What else are you drinking besides besides infusion? Um, It's just... uh, I would say the fact that I started eating in the middle of the night didn't didn't agree with me, so I started eating back at the normal hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to answer my question about what else you're drinking. Oh, uh, what else? Uh, not much. Um, yeah, once a week I uh, I I I drink a solid uh, hot chocolate, usually on the weekend. Okay, I like so it. a quart of liquid a day is not very much. No, I drink also water if I'm thirsty. No water. No, absolutely not. Oh, I'm not allowed to eat to drink water. No. I didn't, I didn't know that. No water. Oh, that's water terrible. Water cannot I... hydrate you. Water dehydrates you. It bloats you. No water. Absolutely not. I, I'm not an avid water drinker. It's not like uh, I'm not drinking for dieting, God forbid. I could never do that. There's no uh, reason to drink water. It's wasting your effort to drink water. It's useless to drink water. Well, you are an original. We all know that. <laughs> I will tell you that hundreds of people have told me that this has totally turned their life around. I had an apprentice here who ran a whole um, series of gyms. She owned all these gyms, and she drank and drank and drank. She had like a you know a water bottle practically welded to her hip, 
And after a few days, I said, okay, you got to give me your water bottle. No more water. She said, what, what, what? I went in a week. She said, oh, my gosh, I had no idea what I was doing to myself by drinking all that water. No, I don't drink a lot of water, but I, I didn't know that I am not allowed to drink water. And that already, you know, when somebody's telling and me. Drink a quart of infusion. If you're thirsty after that, have something else. But don't um, tell me that a quart of infusion is too much to drink. Because um, it's not. In the beginning, it didn't feel like that. I think after that, I I probably was a little... Um, unhappy that it didn't work not eating in the morning and that I started eating at night and be awake at night and go to sleep at 4 o'clock. It, it, that, that's very weird things. It is very weird. But yeah. I think, but to me, it's very weird that you think you have to eat three times a day. I agree with you. I know lots of people who eat once a day, but I'm not one of those. <laughs> Appropriate to eat three times a day if you're working hard. No, I'm not working hard. I'm just love, You're not working hard. It's way too much food. Your body cannot handle all that food. I want to tell you something strange. Every normal person, if they eat more than they need, they put on weight. It's 10 years now that I don't, and I did eat uh, Zaftig. You know, I'm really eating. I love food. Food doesn't damage me emotionally nor physically, but I am overweight. And because of my heart condition... I have to lose weight. That's not a good motivation. Anyway. I mean, anyway. it should be a good motivation. But <laughs> Well, thank you for calling and letting me know how it went and that it didn't work for you because, as you say, your hunger is not in your body. It's in your mind, and your mind tells you you have to eat three times a day. Not that I have. I have. The point is I eat whenever I am hungry. Sometimes I don't eat three times a day. Sometimes I eat five times a day. It depends what. You know, I, I'm, I'm flexible about it. It's just like uh, I am very easygoing with food. I cook good food. I give away good food. Um, I love food. And... It's very hard for me to relate to anything that restricts or organizes or regiments that. So there might be days that I... But not my intention to restrict or regiment? No, it's my head. you an alternative. I did not say don't eat breakfast. I said drink nourishing herbal infusion for breakfast. Oh. Well, that sounded like... Well, so I can't eat my eggs or my, I don't know, oatmeal. Thank you, nourishing herbal infusion for breakfast is what I suggested when you said you wanted to lose weight. But I see you don't, and that's fine. I don't think you really need to. Uh, but I am overweight, and I have some cholesterol. Not terrible, but sufficient in order to pay attention. And I love oil. And okay, I love and I understand that you do not really want to lose weight. And I th- I totally You're absolutely right. You don't want to lose weight, so stop trying. Stop yeah. harassing yourself. Well, they say that if I care about my health... They say. They say. They say. But what does your body say? What does your heart say? My body is very happy eating. I know it's a replacement of company and sex and all the list of it. I don't care what it is. Food doesn't make me sick. So eat 
I don't care what they say. What I care is what your body says. Yeah, my body is very happy eating fat. You know, so like the it. marrow of, of a bone soup. Gee, mm-hmm. I go for that before the soup is over. Mm-hmm. I suck it so dry. <laughs> yes, yep. It's fat. It's pure fat, yes. And I put a lot of extra virgin olive oil in my salad and in what I cook and my beans and rice and whatever it is. And I have lots of cooking books and I invent all kinds of things. And uh, I don't like to cook, but there is no place here to eat good food and uh, paying reasonable prices. And I come from Manhattan where you can pay very little for a good rice and beans thing and even a sashimi so i'm happy i'm not there right now but uh, yeah uh, okay so that's what i would say is what we have discovered is that they are saying you should lose weight but your body and your psyche are saying we're not going to do that yes but that's a, a lifetime story so I mean, I, that's I, fine i would say stop harassing yourself and focus on being healthy. Yes, I mean I was slim when I was young. Are you are you working with hawthorn or motherwort or passionflower? Yes, I keep. Yeah, I well, yep. I that's right. That's wonderful. That the beginning, yes, I do take it twice a day religiously. Excellent things for your heart, Tatiana. Yeah. I know there's lots of people who want to talk tonight. Sure. So I'm going to say I'm, green blessings. Thank you so much for calling. Be kind to yourself. Thank you. That's the Susan, we have a 907 area code. Hey, Susan. Hi. Hi. Oh, I want to congratulate you on that course that you gave. It was perfect because you did it in those two-minute increments. You get a lot of information. You know, it's it, I I love I love the way you did that. Yes, Justine said, make it like a box of bonbons. That's what that's what it was like. Opening <laughs> a box of bonbons. <laughs> mm. um, you know, there's so much misinformation going on, and uh, the latest is about elderberry. Have you heard that? It's one of the reasons that I asked Paul Bergner to do a teleseminar with me, because Paul uh, charts the history of the so-called cytokine storm, and he calls into question whether or not there is such a thing even as a cytokine storm, and what he says is elderberry, along with bone set and echinacea, have been used where they are found against the flu for hundreds of years with no serious side effects, lacking any scientific evidence to the contrary. He says they are safe to use, and I agree with him. Let's be clear, and this is a a contrast that I make frequently. A drug is a single molecule. It has a direction of action. If I give you a drug to lower your blood pressure, it is going to lower your blood pressure. And herb contains hundreds of different molecules. And they work synergistically together 
to create health. If I give you Hawthorne and you have high blood pressure, it will bring your blood pressure down. But if I give you Hawthorne and you have low blood pressure, it will bring your blood pressure up because it doesn't have a direction of action. Elderberry is not a drug. It cannot work like a drug. It cannot cause the kind of effect that a drug causes. Paul goes on about the incredibly detrimental effects of aspirin on on your body if you have any kind of coronavirus. And cites a study from 1975, 1990, and 2000, three separate studies showing that taking aspirin to reduce the flea, the fever of a coronavirus flu or cold drives it deeper into the cells, makes the symptoms worse, and increases the chance that you'll pass it along to someone else. So we have actual scientific studies showing that aspirin is not a good choice. And they're going to go on TV and and slam elder and not warn people about aspirin? Exactly. What do you think of the um, quinine? What about just drinking tonic water? There is not enough quinine in tonic water to do a lick of good. And there's lots of sugar. Okay, because that's another one that's going on. I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't think so. So, yeah, I can't wait to hear that because I think you recognize my voice. You know, my thing with, with uh, Biden Pelosa, and I think you mentioned Buerner is the man that is an expert on antivirals, correct? Stephen Booner, yes, has written Booner. a book, Herbal Antivirals. Yeah, I, I definitely want to get on to that. When is that? You're conflating two things. I'm doing a teleseminar this Thursday at 9 p.m. That's East it. Coast with Paul Bergner. Oh, Bergner. Paul Bergner, not Stephen Booner. Okay, got it. Well, either way, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to sign up for that. Uh, he has a lot of very interesting information. When I realized how much information he had, I said, Ugh, I just ha- need to get him here so that he can share this personally. And I think he's going to make um, – I believe that that he's contemplating right now making his flu course free to people who sign up for the teleseminar. Oh, cool. So the teleseminar will be free. There's a small charge for it because we want to pay Paul for his work. I don't mind working for free, but I want to pay Paul. But if he Mm -hmm. throws in his course for free, then you're getting a huge bargain. Yeah, sounds good. Well, I'm going to let you go. you got tons of people. Thank you, Susan. And salutations from the North Country. Thank you so much. Be warm, be well. Green blessings. Thank you. Hello. Hi, Susan. Hi. Um, I I had uh, a question about uh, the COVID nineteen. Well, not a question, um, a premise. <clears throat> and I, I didn't realize you had this big course out there. So I'm, I'm hesitant to throw it out there, and if it is discussed in 
in your course, please just say so, and we will give another caller a chance. Um, so this, this is this is what um, I've been uh, thinking about all day uh, since it was brought to my attention that this virus uh, exists in bats and does not make them sick. It, do, do, do you agree with that or disagree with that, first of all? Or or neither, should I just continue? Many mammals do not get coronaviruses. Including people. No, not including people. People are very susceptible to them. When was the last time your, your dog got your cold? Oh, um, probably never because I don't get sick. He never got sick. I never got sick. If you had a cold, your dog would not get it. Yeah, we... we um, because dogs, but dogs are not very sensitive to coronaviruses. Humans are very sensitive to coronaviruses. Okay, so... But the bats don't get sick. So people that were discussing um, why had, had a premise. And I find it extremely... Uh, insightful, believable, and I just wanted to talk about it for a, a few minutes. The premise was that uh, it, one of the reasons they may not get sick um, is because they fluctuate their body temperature in in extremes uh, throughout the day, maybe several times a day, almost like I guess a reptilian might. Uh, go from very cold to very hot back to cold again. So I, I often wondered why I don't get sick. Well, I used to get very sick as a child, but that was all antibiotic related. So I started thinking about um, the, the, the germ theory with the 1918 pandemic and how the cleaner people seem to get more sick. And and it was believed not to have true. something That's to do. That's not true. That's not true. Not true at all. Oh, my apologies for saying so. Then, thank you for pointing that out. Um, There's nobody who has said that cleaner people got more sick. Um, well, I've also heard that maybe this is not true too. That people that are constantly maybe I should rephrase it living in sterile lies conditions don't have the 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 proper antibodies to deal with different germs because they're not associating okay, with well, this, it. This, it, it it's a, a rather mixed metaphor antibodies deal with viruses not germs oh oh okay well that's interesting right there Okay, um, so what yep. deals with germs, which are bacteria, are macrophages. Mm-hmm. And there's a special branch of the immune system that has white blood cells, which are different kinds of macrophages, which mm-hmm. attack foreign bodies, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other branch of the immune system, um, and the, the branch of the immune system that deals with foreign bodies and does macrophages and white blood cells, is called innate. In other words, your body already knows how to do that. Mm-hmm. And the 
that deals with viruses is not innate. It does not know how to deal with viruses. We are all sick as children because we are being exposed to coronaviruses and getting them and building up a repertoire in our non-innate immune system of how to deal with those viruses. In fact, one of the things that I tell people is if you have not had a cold or a flu for three years, you should probably be checked for cancer. Because it's extremely unhealthy not to get a coronavirus at least once every three years. Interesting. You're making me nervous now, but... Because basically um, what it means is your immune system isn't working well. Kind of, I don't know if I was led to believe this, but um, I've kind of believed that my immune system is... um, Italian, easily excited, you know, it's, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and I've actually heard this theory also about why Italy's having such a a, a hard time. There's actually people throwing that around, but the thing that I wanted to throw out there is temperature. And I have always run an extremely low temperature and I've, I've had to try to explain this to doctors all these years. And now they're saying, oh, by the way, 98.6 isn't the normal. It's more like 97.7. And I usually run even a little bit lower than that. And I always had to take the thermometer and put the the, um, end of it on the light bulb so that they would let me stay home from school when I was sick because even when I was running a temperature and I could feel that I had a fever, my temperature wasn't above 98.6. That's funny. I used to do the same exact thing, and one day I left it too long. And right. I, was I mean, because we know we're sick, and they're not going to believe we're sick unless we have a fever. So we got to like pretend we got to, you know, that their yeah. way of measuring it. So yes, I was. I was also very happy to see that modern medical science, you know, once again has said, "Oh, gee, well, like, golly, we just kind of made that one up, didn't we?" So well, it, it it got me to thinking. Then why did they think that was the normal and from my observation, most people prefer to live in a steady temperature. They don't like it to fluctuate more than, let's say, oh, I don't know, 20 degrees or so, and then they get very uncomfortable. And I actually started to get better as a child. And, A, I stopped the antibiotics, but I had the heat shut off in my bedroom and I would just pile under all these blankets, and I would wake up hot as a furnace in the morning <laughs> and feel very good and very strong and very alive. And um, fast forward, um, I started going outside in the winter all every day, all weather, all day long, just, just for the pleasure of living with my dog, my wolf bred dog and wanting him to have the best end of life and uh, people people would remark it would be like 20 below zero and they'd have tears coming out of their eyes and I would just be perfectly fine and of course I dressed well but I got I got used to it and and um, I also can sit out in the sun and bake like you know like a pizza like and just you know keep going and going and going, and people are running away. How can you stand it? How can you stand it? 
And um, my, I had one doctor when I got a little bit sick once um, after childbirth with some kind of infection afterwards for a few months. And he told me to pile up those blankets when I went to sleep and, and cause this fake fever, so to speak, and that it would, like, burn this thing out. So I just started thinking maybe, maybe there's some wisdom here. That people the reason getting... that you run a fever when you have a viral infection is that it stops the virus from replicating. Okay, so can't we just create our own type of fever in our bodies that would, let's say, if it, if it was there, it would Herbal, just Herbalists right have away, long so... sought to do this. I when so. I was a young herbalist, some of my teachers, if somebody... Um, had the flu, what they would do is they would put them in a hot shower Mm -hmm. and they would make some kind of herb really, really hot, like hot yarrow, right? And then they would wrap the person up in a warmed sheet after they got out of the hot shower and their skin would be red and they would put them under a ton of blankets and feed them this hot yarrow tea or whatever else they had brewed up until they broke a sweat. Right. That's what I was told. And that is supposed to drive the contagion out of your body. That can be pretty rough on people, to tell you the truth. Well, if you're sick, but what if you're not sick, but you are just trying to you know, keep keep yourself well from getting sick. You will know for yourself, certainly cultures that include the use of saunas. Right. I was thinking of that. And what about people jumping in in frozen lakes in the middle of the winter? They say Mm -hmm. and a certain number of people have heart attacks from doing that. Of course. So So again, these are not like Necessarily healthy things. No, not necessarily. They are, to my mind, part of the heroic tradition. And the heroic heroic tradition's motto is no pain, no gain. Mm. It is believed that all humans started in the tropical areas of Africa. Mm-hmm. One of the most notable things about the tropics is that neither the temperature nor the amount of day and night change much Changes. at all. Right. So in Costa Rica, the sun comes up at 530 and it goes down at 530. Right. Right. And there might be, you know, a five minutes difference, but not much. And th- there's not much swing in the temperature, as you say, maybe 15, maybe on a really extreme day, 20 degrees. Right. And so I think that there is in all of us a this is home feeling when we, are at, when we are at that even temperature. I see. Now, one of the things that we know is that when you are colder, when you're exposed to cold, such as sleeping in a cold room or jumping in cold water, that your body creates a substance known as brown fat. Brown fat? 
brown fat. Check it out. It's really fascinating what brown fat is and what it does. I certainly will do that. I'm writing it down. Yeah. Babies have brown fat. And brown fat actually burns calories. And and this is created by, what did you just say? By Cold. By cold. And babies have a lot of it. They do. And, and, and cold but fat But bats have burns. none of it. Say that again? But bats do not have, it, bats don't have much of it. Bats don't have much brown fat. Right. I mean, and what I know about bats, I knew, know very little about bats, except that, that I've been around bats, you know, and been in places mm-hmm. where there's bats, is that bats live in caves where the temperature remains the same all the time. So then what would make their temperature swing as I'm told? I don't know where that information has come from. Some herbalists uh, from a certain group. Again, I am no expert on bats, but what I know about bats is they live in caves. They live in caves, and when it gets dark, they come out. And they eat those and insects, and then they go back in the cave before it gets to be light because they don't like to have their temperature varied very much. So the inside temperature of the cave is similar to the outside temperature at night. Correct. Pretty similar. Yes. That's in, that's interesting right there. I mean, you're really helping me think this through, and I I think the wisest thing to do at this point is to look into what bats are doing and if this is this is true or not and um i seldom would ask a question without first investigating but um well let me also say and certainly you know all knowledge can be useful but i do not think there are any lessons to be learned from bats covid19 okay you are not a bat I I kind of clearly see your point here. I really do. You you hit the nail on the head when you said, "Does the dog catch the cold?" Right. And um, yeah, this cancer thing has been thrown at me for the last twenty five years or so. So I I've been pretty mindful when I feel that maybe that it's something's bothering me and and I should just go ahead and 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 try to um deal with that uh, you know in an herbal way or whatever other ways I can um um I yeah, mean the, I- the ideal is every few years to get a coronavirus a cold a flu whatever it actually sets the immune system up to find and get rid of cancer cells So much so that I was just reading a study in England. They had, it wasn't a big group. I think it was, you know, maybe a couple of dozen people um, who went for surgery for their bladder cancer. And they infected half of them with a coronavirus beforehand. And their tumors were totaled, not just because of the surgery, but there was, you know, no spread. Nothing happened because the people who weren't given the coronavirus had spread. There's something about fighting off a coronavirus that primes the immune system to get rid of cancer. 
I do remember you saying, go try to catch a cold if you haven't had one. Now, just one more thing about this cancer thing. And it's funny how you never know how a conversation is going to take you somewhere. You didn't mean to go, but this is very important to me. So um, I've been tested um, a few times over the last couple of years just because I I had a, a gut issue and they just wanted to try to rule other things out. So he said one of the interesting things was my very high level of white blood cells, but they couldn't find anything to relate it to. And then I'd come back and it would be normal, and he'd say, but your red blood cells now are really big. And then we'd come back and he'd say, hmm, but it's just like, you know, your body's swinging one way and swinging the other way. And I said, well, I don't live a uniform life. I go days without eating, and then I might gorge. I might go days without sleeping much, and then I might sleep for days. I might be very active and then very quiet. Um, So I just don't have a a regular lifestyle. And, And the same thing with whatever herbs I take or whatever food I eat. Nothing is regular in my life. I just go by, well, so many things, a lot, just, I don't know, whatever. But do you think that has a, uh, these, uh, these, red, um, these fluctuations in the, in the high level of macrophage uh, would indicate anything with the cancer? Because he kept saying, I don't think it's cancer. Usually an elevated white blood cell count has to do with bacterial infection, right? Yes. Yes. So generally not related to cancer. Yeah, and they couldn't find anything, but I just said, ah, I'm going to treat it like it is anyway. And, I, and you know, I, I've done a lot of things. Ooh, Yarrow the rest, has been my Hooray, Echinacea. Echinacea, yeah. Or Yarrow, Yarrow, lovely as well. Thank you so much for calling and talking and bringing these things up tonight. I'm going to say green, green blessings and move on to the next person unless there's something. Of course. Sick. Thank you, Susan. Bye-bye. Good night. Green blessings. Um, I can't hear you, Catherine. I can kind of hear a burble in the background, but I can't really hear you. Yeah, I heard her yeah, very low. Ah, uh, good. Okay, the person who needed to hear you heard you. Hi, how are you tonight? Hi, I'm doing well. I want to say that I did take your free course, and it was really, 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 really well done. Um, I highly recommend anyone who's listening to do it. Like you said, it's free, and you have like very good like two minute videos and like the titles, and it's just so easy to just sit there and go through each one and and like show really good examples and you even talk about the elderberry drama so it's amazing how you always give us so much free information and always out there to help you so i want to thank you for that you are welcome herbal medicine is people's medicine and it takes every single one of us to reclaim it and what better time than right now Right, in the midst of this to say, Hey, herbal medicine is my medicine. Let me let me be prepared. Let me use it. Exactly. And because of you teaching so well, whenever I have a chance to have some calls with different friends that are around my um community around here, I'm able to also like fast like, you know, 
give forward the information as well, and as well as what I'm doing from what I have learned from you, like what foods and tinctures that I use here. So it's it's so it's so good to have it just because it like backs everything that I have been learning with you. I am calling because about three weeks ago or a month ago, I called you because I told you that I had like a weird smell down there, and you were like, "Oh, it's probably um, trichinomas," and mm-hmm. so I went. I went to the doctor to test, and I said, can you test me for trichinomas and gonorrhea and chlamydia? And it all came back negative. And the the funny thing is that when the doctor was there with me, she's like, oh, no, I know trick smell. You don't, you don't, I, I don't even smell it. Like, she Good. was like, I don't know why. So she goes, you don't smell like trick. And she goes, and I was like, but it's, I'm like, it doesn't smell like my normal self. And right. she's like, you know. If no, trick has a distinct and definite smell. And it's not, you know, transmittable over the telephone, so it's hard for me to know. But I absolutely – she knows what it smells like. She can say to you, you do or don't have it for sure. Right. And, and the test obviously also said no. So – and then what struck me as um, interesting was that she said, you know, some, like I'm like, well, I just turned 40. I'm like, is it something with my me getting older? Like, can I smell differently as I get older down there? <laughs> like, I just – I'm curious, or it could it be like maybe a bad, like like vaginitis bacteria or something else? You I'm asked the doctor my... this, yes? Are you asking me this? I'm asking you. Oh, okay. I thought you were still relating your conversation with the doctor. Well, she, yeah, she was saying that as we get older, sometimes it changes our smell down there. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Really? There's, <laughs> there's different hormones present. Mm-hmm. And if you're particularly keen at smelling, and humans can be very keen at smelling, uh, you'll notice that. But you've done the appropriate thing. You have ruled out any bad infection. And so now you can accommodate yourself to that smell or mess around and see if uh, wearing different kind of fabric in your underwear, using different kinds of um, washing materials when you wash your clothes, if any of that makes any difference. Okay. Okay. I'll definitely turn that. Um, I wanted to say also a different story, a real quick one. Um, so I had like strep right? And because it, I, I could see the white pus in my throat and everything, I took poke root with echinacea and I gargled yarrow and warm water with salt. And that, like, within two days, like, I could see the white pus leaving. And at the same time, my family got really sick for, like, seven or eight days with the flu. And I didn't get the flu. Do you think, like, the poke root and echinacea, because I was also taking, the like, all the medicines I was given them, the herbal tinctures, mm-hmm. that I prevented getting the flu because I was already with poke and echinacea or... It's hard to say. It's it's very, very hard to say. One of the things that Paul talks about, that he'll be talking about on Thursday, is host defense. And what it is to nourish host defense and how that works. It's a Mm -hmm. slightly different concept than just thinking about your immune system. It talks about the preparedness of your whole body. 
Okay. As one of the things that I have been seeing is that some of the people who are dying from um, COVID-19 are dying because of failure of other organs. Mm-hmm. And so, again, this idea of host defense of your whole body being healthy, not just the immune system. Mm, okay. Because I know you were saying if you don't get the cold or the flu, then, like, you have – you. you not necessarily you say every two or three years if you don't get the cold or the flu that you might have something else. I was just like, there's, there's no. something going on exactly right. But you have, to, you have to be like deathly ill. Mm. It can be just a sore throat and a little bit of a fever for a day or two. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Because I was like, I do get sore throat, right. little fever, but within a day or two, I'm, I'm well, fine. Well, within a day or two, you are back in the pink. One of the mm-hmm. things that really struck me about um, what Paul was talking about in 1918 um, was that many coronaviruses are kind of a two-stage virus. The first mm-hmm. part, um, your immune system reaction makes you run a fever and feel kind of achy and sore. And that then goes away on day three or four. He says, and most people feel well enough to, like, get up and go back to their business. But because it's a two-stage thing, getting up out of bed sets the stage for this for the second part of it to be far worse. And then it's very important to really give yourself a generous amount of time. And I saw this also in the elderberry studies that they gave children elderberry, elderberry and bed rest, or antibiotic. And those who did the best were the ones who got the elderberry and the bed rest. Yes, I, I would agree with that because that's basically exactly what I do whenever, like, I notice with, like, sore throat. I'm just, like, I go to bed, I don't move, need rest. Like, I'm like, all right, body, I know you need rest. And for a day or two, I would just lay in bed. And I don't want to. right. But I do it because I'm like, I don't want to, like, you know, prolong this. Right. All right. Well, I love you so much. Thank you so much for everything that you do for us. I know there's many callers, so I just want to um, to talk to you and say thank you. Thank you. Green blessings. Good night. Okay, Susan, we have a 908 area code. Hi, Susan. It's Dorothy from New Jersey. Hi. Hi. Um, I I just, I, I want to deeply bow to you for offering the course on the COVID-19. I really, really appreciate it. I haven't, I didn't know about it, so I'm very glad that I was able to tune in and, and I'll go to your website, I guess, to find that to the store you said go to com. i will do that and um i'm very very excited about that and um i i was just wondering do you cover in it the uh question of like let's say you know i think someone was talking last week about um the uh you know the rush that's happened to the herbal companies and how they have been out of things and so on and um I was thinking, well, 
there there are probably simple things that we can still get that aren't you know necessarily we wouldn't ha- we wouldn't have to feel despairing that we couldn't get you know elderberries or whatever it was that we couldn't get um because we could use garlic or we could use ginger or we could use something like that and i was just wondering if you um could talk about that a little things that we might have at home or still be able to get I do indeed cover a lot of those in okay. the course okay. that is womenschool.com. And um, I am also really, really happy to see how many people have gone on into what I'm calling phase two of their herbal education. Phase mm-hmm. one is there's plants out there. They can be used, really. There's plants in my yard that I could use for my health. That's phase one, and that's a wonderful place to be. Hmm. Fun, and it's amazing, and you're just like, you know, all over the moon all the time finding out about things. Phase two is, oh, I have this problem. I know which herb to use to deal with this problem, and I made some of it last summer. Mm-hmm. So... Most of the people who've been listening to this show, who've taken courses with me, already have a quart of elderberry tincture because it takes a year to make it from the dried berries if you want the best quality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The stores that I have been in locally still have various elderberry preparations like elderberry syrup available. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't take it prophylactically. Prophylactically, I would take sauerkraut. And my very first COVID-19 YouTube, um, that's what I said all the way back at the end of January was start eating sauerkraut. And there is no Mm -hmm. lack of sauerkraut on the market. Yes, yes. Not only that, you can make yourself a quart of lacto-fermented sauerkraut and be ready to eat in four or five days. Yes. Uh, When you make that sauerkraut and you use the whey, um, like from the yogurt, um, if it has a little bit of the milky part of the yogurt in it, is that okay? It's absolutely fine. Okay. Okay, good. Because I've been pouring off the whey. I'm collecting whey. (laughs) And you said about three tablespoons for a quart-ish, something like that? Yes. You know? That's what I put in. Okay, excellent. And um, one tiny little question. I I um I am asking it for my but, daughter. But so before, I, you before know. I ask you, before you ask yes. that question, I also want to yes. say that also, of course, uh, many of the people who have studied with me look at their shelves and they say, "Oh, look at that! I have elderflower honey, and elderflower is just as good." Mm-hmm. The elderberry, and there's still plenty of elderflower for sale. Mullen. Mullen is a fabulous herb for strengthening and protecting the lungs. And the couple of uh, large herbal suppliers that I called still have plenty of mullen on hand. Uh uh Okay. So mullen as an infusion? Mullen infusion, mullen milk. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. dilute the infusion half and half with milk. Okay. And it can be pasteurized milk. It doesn't have to be raw milk. Since you're going to heat it up, you're going to mildly pasteurize it anyhow. Okay, okay, okay. But there are, yes, a great many things. Although in my supermarket, in fact, in almost all all the supermarkets, although in one it has returned, there has been no garlic. 
Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody is on to the garlic. Somebody told me they, that somebody made fun of garlic on TV. I said, ooh, that must really work it. They have to make fun of it. Yeah. How about dried garlic? Is dried garlic? Um, dried garlic in your food is fabulous, yeah. In your food, okay, okay. It all it all works, and again, I you know as I say in the video, I say I've gone over a, a lot of herbs here, not because I think you should use all of them, but because yeah. I want you to have choices. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what you have on hand, what you can access, and so on. And if you're not already at phase two of your herbalism, let this be that that sparks you into saying, okay, the next time something happens, I'm going to be right there. I'm not going to be saying, where can I buy it? I'm going to be looking in my herb cupboard and say, yep, quart, check. Quart of the elderberry tincture right there. Yep, check. Quart of echinacea tincture right there waiting for me. Mm-hmm, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Small investment yeah. of time and money. In fact, I say that if you spend a three-day weekend where there are plants growing, in the spring, another three-day weekend. In the summer, and another three-day weekend. In the late fall, for two years running, so that's 18 days, just over two weeks, you will be able in those 18 days to make every remedy you and your family will need for the rest of your lives. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm All right. Up to it. <laughs> Good. I'm so glad to hear it. Now, you wanted to ask something about yes. your daughter and your daughter, Samuel? Yes. Yes. She's, twi- she's 28. She's, um, I'd be so happy. I know she's old enough to call. I know she's old enough to call you herself. Yes. Yes. Um, but this is kind of an emergency. Um, so I thought you might, you might consider answering. I'm not sure what you kind of an emergency. Well, is it an emergency? Then she should be emergency. on the phone calling me. Yes, yes. Okay. All right. I'm going to I'm going to let you you say no. Thank you. I appreciate you Being so left. much Susan. And I deeply deeply bow to you for this course you're offering. Thank you so so much. You are welcome. Green blessings. Good night. Green blessings. Good night. Susan, we have a 970 area code calling in. Yes. Hi Susan. Thank you so much for just providing your guidance to us and helping us guide ourselves. Hello? 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 I'm sorry. I think we had Susan's call. She'll dial right back in here. There she is. Oh, my goodness. I've noticed it's kind of fuzzing in and out, and I think we have her here. Susan? Yes, I'm here. I apologize. Thank you. And do we have a caller? Hello? Um. Yes. Yes, we do. It's uh, 636 area code. Hi. Hello, 636. Can you hear us? Oh, hello. Is that me? That's you, if it's 636. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, 
I wanted to ask a few questions about um, fertility and um, so I'm a 35-year-old uh, healthy individual. Um, I drink my nourishing herbal infusions and I eat a varied diet like you uh, recommend and um, I've been having some issues. I've been um, trying to conceive for about a year and I've been reading a lot of different things. I, I have your book, um, Wise Woman for the Childbearing Year and I've read it a few times. Um, and but I've heard, uh, I've read other people um, saying that um, you should avoid um, all mints uh, when you're trying to conceive. Um, how do you feel about that? Hello? It's rank superstition. Okay. Because I, I was just thinking, like, there's so many, like, I use, you know, basil and lavender and thyme, rosemary and, and peppermint. Please, so. powerful abortifacient. Are those books telling you to avoid parsley? Yeah. They are? Yeah, well, I've, I've definitely heard that. However, it's not an abortifacient. If you eat it, you have to put it in your vagina. Oh, okay. Well, I don't do that. So, again, uh-huh. rank superstition, right? It's like people who are going around drinking lemon balm thinking it's an antiviral. It's not. Okay, so, and that's you know, like a lemon balm, so that it's okay to like have lemon balm tea or lemon balm tincture if, if you're um, like ovulating and all that? Yes. Okay. Um, what about like citrus? I've also heard uh, citrus is bad for conceiving. Like uh, lemons or or oranges or what have you. Let's look at this from the other way around. What's really good for conceiving is animal fat. Oh, sure, yeah. I, I'm a big animal The fat. most important thing in the diet is animal fat. And um, what's really important for conceiving is red clover infusion. Okay. And it's not... Um, too much to have a quart of red clover infusion three times a week okay. when yeah, you're looking yeah. to conceive. And in Australia, they say that in order to conceive, you have to have the agreement of the baby's soul or spirit. Yes, yes, I've been working with that as well. And are you getting the sense that you're being told no or that you're being told to wait? I think I am kind of, I do get kind of the message that not like now is maybe not the right time. Like I am destined to, you know, bear um, a child who is possibly significant to, you know, the crises that we're seeing in this time. And perhaps it's not the right time, but um, so I do have hope. It's just that, yeah, I want to do everything I can um, for my body to be like in a good place of preparation and health for for that to happen. Yes. Obviously, if we think about it, there isn't any food 
that eaten in a reasonable quantity is going to be anti-fertility or a problem for anyone who wants to get pregnant. In fact, women get pregnant who are on very poor diets, don't they? Right, yeah. Yeah. Who are addicted to drugs get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Women who are alcoholics get pregnant. I totally support you in wanting to, um, starting now, provide your eventual, eventual child with the very best that you can offer it. But I've been picking up, and perhaps I'm wrong, a sense from you of, oh, well, maybe I'm not conceiving because I had some lemon juice. What I want to establish is, uh uh-uh, that's not how it works. Okay, yeah. Right? You're starting to get into what I call food foibles. Sure, yeah, and I've always, I've kind of, yeah, I'm recovering orthorexic for sure. Um, uh, But, yeah, also I've had issues with my menstrual cycle in the past. Like um, I was on hormonal birth control for 10 years, and I've been off of it for, like, Six years now, and I it was took me a while to get my period back and just get everything regular again. And but I still have like um like scant menses. Like I apparently like it's normal to have at least like 20 milliliters of blood or more, you know, for a cycle. And like 20 milliliters is like not a, a lot, and that's like the max that I usually like end up um, TMI for today. You know, we I, always wind up feeling bad about ourselves when we compare ourselves to others. Yeah, like the standard is not necessarily representative of health, right? Right. Because I feel like I have a healthy, like, the healthiest cycle I've ever really had. Like, I don't have bad cramps. I don't really have a lot of PMS symptoms. I just, yeah, I don't know if, like, maybe that was, like, like if you don't have enough, Endometrium, like maybe there's not enough there for like something to implant, or I don't know, is that something I should be worried about? No. Okay. I don't actually think at this point there's anything you need to be worried about. Right, because worrying is part of the problem. Right? <laughs> As we know, right? Right. <laughs> Again, okay. remember that. Women get pregnant during wars when food is scarce and good food is very scarce. Right. Right? Women get pregnant in all kinds of situations in which we would look at that and say, oh, that's not ideal for being pregnant. So... Tinkering around with things I don't think is going to increase your chances of getting pregnant. Okay, yeah, so it's really about kind of like fate and, uh, yeah, like getting in touch with my soul and the soul of my baby. And, yeah, I already feel that, but... I, yeah, I really I wanted to get your take on it. Yes. Yeah, continue the wonderful self-care that you are doing and trust in that. And when I was pregnant, 
and it's 19 years old. Um, and I had never really thought much about food except, you know, is there some? And, well, I get some of it. Um, and suddenly I could not tolerate any kind of carbonated beverage. And it, it was, you know, it wasn't like this conscious thought, oh, you know, drinking soda pop while I'm pregnant is probably not a good idea. No, it was my body that just literally said, excuse me, you're not drinking that. Right. Yeah, I've, I've like, my mom also had, like, when she was pregnant, there were certain things she couldn't eat or smell, and I know exactly. that's a thing. Your body, it will be very clear with you about those things. Okay. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking there, there will be some there will be some some you know food things that will that will probably turn up. All right, but but they'll be it'll be clear to you what's going on when that happens. Okay. That makes me feel a lot better. Um, and so like since we were talking about elderberry, um, a lot tonight, um. Since there's rutin and uh, a few other compounds in there, uh, is that contraindicated for um, not a people? drug? Well, I, oh, I know, I know it's not a drug. Not but, a drug. Those compounds are in there with hundreds of other compounds working synergistically together to bring you health. That's what I believe. If elderberry prevented pregnancy, don't you think everybody and their aunt would be suggesting it as a contraceptive? Right. Yeah. I just I'm I'm a scientist, so I do a lot of research and so yeah, it just it's easy to get caught up in these little It's very um, easy to get caught up in thinking that a constituent is the whole plant. The reason we use herbs is because they aren't drugs. Right. Because they are not just constituents. How wonderful that we can use science to tease apart the constituents of herbs and to make drugs from them. I think of Dr. Yu in China and um, that she listened. Artemisia Vulgaris said to her, we're going to change the world. And Dr. Yu worked with Artemisia Vulgaris for 30 years until she was able to find an extract, Artemisin, which is probably going to get rid of malaria. You couldn't take enough sweet Annie to do that. We need the drug there. When we want a compound that kills something, it's usually better to use the drug. Absolutely. Right. Herbs are not great killers. Drugs are much better killers. Yeah, and I, I do, I try to stay away from pharmaceuticals at all costs, but yeah, once in a while, you know, you just, if you have an emergency, they're good to have. They're good to have. How wonderful that that we as human beings have 
been able to do that well. Okay. The important thing to remember, though, is that even herbs that are pretty poisonous still don't act that way. You know, I had been told a story that turned out not to be true, that somebody had mistaken foxglove for comfrey and eaten a bunch of it and died. And I said to myself, really? Really? You know, this was supposedly an herbalist. What kind of herbalist could think that foxglove was comfrey and eat enough of it to die? Is that really possible? And I happened to be around where there was a lot of foxglove. And I said, I'm just going to taste this to see, you know, about that story. And the instant I got that foxglove into my mouth, my whole mouth and my lips began to burn. And I started salivating and spitting. There was no way that my body was going to let me eat that. And I recounted this to someone telling her the story that I was trying to check out. And because the universe works in such funny ways, she said, oh, my gosh, that was my friend who died. And I said, what? Did she really mistake, you know, the foxglove for comfrey? She said, no. She was out in the forest looking for mushrooms, and she picked the wrong mushroom. I said, aha, now that makes far more sense because you're not going to get those warning signs from the mushrooms. Right. As I often say to people, it's not that mushrooms are bad, but if a mushroom says, hey, want to have some fun, you have to understand what the mushroom has in mind because to a mushroom, death is the most fun there is. I never looked at it that way. Okay, well, yeah, I really appreciate um, everything you do, and um, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, help me feel better about my fertility journey, and um, I will keep my spirit up, and I will keep my relationship with the plants open. How wonderful. Green blessings. Thank you for calling and sharing with us tonight. Yes, green blessings. Good night. Who's in the 908 area code? Who's waiting? Uh, Oh, who's in the 908 area code? Can you hear? Hello. Hi, it's Dorothy. I already talked to you. I don't know how I got back in the queue. Oh, okay. um, Okay. All right. Thank you. Choose another one, Catherine. Yes, ma'am. All right. We have 828. Hello, 828. Do you read? Eight two eight. All right. Well. We're going to go to 575. 
I wonder if people can hear you if somehow your sound is off. Hmm. I can hear you. 575? 575, are you hearing us? I can kind of faintly hear a voice in the background. Do you? I do, and see, I hear you very clearly, Susan. You don't have them muted by any chance, do you? No. Okay. No. All right, we're going to go to 845. There we go, 845. Hello. Can you hear us? Is that me? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Oh, hi. All right. Great. <laughs> hi, Susan. Um, hi. I just want to say good evening. Thanks. And thank you for holding this kind of forum and space um, where we can get some guidance. So I am I'm actually staying with some friends uh, about three hours north of, of Manhattan. And um, I think my question, which I think – I think you've been kind of answering throughout throughout the this long conversation. Uh, I I'm just wondering what should I have, what should we have on hand in the house? There are four of us right now, um, two adults and their nine-year-old daughter and myself. So um, my friends, he he was um, like he was diagnosed with. I'm trying to remember the name of it, which is polymyositis which is, um, I think it's a, it is an immune, it's an autoimmune. Um, so perhaps, perhaps you don't know that I don't do secondhand consultations. No, but this isn't a consultation. It's more about like, basically, I think that the virus is just going to be far reaching and kind of blanket us no matter what. And to make, you know, to make the pain of it less severe, is there anything that we should be taking to fortify our... So you weren't asking about this particular man who was diagnosed with something? No, it's just I'm just bringing that into account. Because okay, I'm sorry. Um, immune system, yeah, is already compromised. So it's it's really just about how can we bolster... I see that you feel that he, yeah. that he is compromised because of this pre-existing condition. Yeah, and no that you're, doubt. you're concerned but. because of that. So, in an ordinary year, what would you do to prepare for the flu? I mean, I'm generally, like, I live in the south most of the year, where you were describing, it's like the weather's always the same, there's always the same amount of daylight, nighttime, and food is very more, much more wholesome in a way. There's more, like, direct relationships with the growers. And so I don't think I have a tendency to, to to really, you know, like I'm not consciously always. I I think I just generally try to live a balanced diet lifestyle, um, you know, just get a lot of variety and. Um, so in a yeah. normal year in the United States, between mm-hmm. thirty thousand to seventy thousand people die of the flu. Mhm. In a normal year, what do you do to prepare for that? Nothing. How many people have died in the United States from COVID-19? Right now, how many people have died? We're talking a couple hundred. 
Even yeah. worldwide, we're not up to 30,000. Right. You have yeah, to understand taking it being out whipped of, like, taking into a frenzy it, of terror over not much. Yeah. The only thing is it's contagious. How do you say it? It's contagiability. Very how contagious. easily contagious. Very contagious. Yeah, it's just incredibly so you're, contagious. So you're... So. No, it's I mean, quite it's like likely that everybody will get it. Yeah, exactly. As I said, yeah. it's, you know, what would you ordinarily do to well, prepare? Well, I mean, I, I, the things I don't. I just, I, now, which is I, to I lead a healthy life. I think it's more like, life. okay, now, yeah, I think now it's more like, what can I introduce if I have been someone that hasn't really put a lot of focus on what to do to prepare if, but just generally how to start to integrate some healthy habits. That will help my body, help regulate itself. That will feel good. That will kind of bolster, you know, energy and immunity. Are you drinking nourishing herbal infusions? No. <laughs> no. Beginning. Well, now there's a very obvious place to start. Okay. Okay. All right. Start drinking nourishing herbal infusions, and um, the results will continue to give you benefit for the rest of your life. Okay. And, is there anything and that anyone can be... drink herbal infusions. Everyone in your household, from the immune-compromised person to the infants, can drink nourishing herbal infusions. They provide lavish amounts of vitamins and minerals. One of the things that I mention in the course is don't go out and start buying vitamin supplements. They're mm-hmm. not healthy for you, and they're not going to help you deal with what's going on with this particular virus. But if you're drinking nourishing herbal infusions, you are getting lots of minerals and vitamins, and that's what you need. Okay. I and often there, I mean, say about the nourishing herbal infusions, right, Throw away your vitamin pills. They make you sick. Mm-hmm. Drink nourishing herbal infusions instead. Mm-hmm. There. And is there anywhere that we should be sourcing them from at this time? Any, from you directly or another grower or market online? So we're kind of in the boonies right now. Need dried herb to make infusions. You can't use fresh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you'll need to buy it by the pound because you're going to be using one ounce to make a quart, which is the enough for one person for one day. So, for instance, when I have a green goddess week, if there's 12 women here, we use a pound of herb a night, right? And we make okay. 16 quarts or four gallons of infusion. Right. Right, so you will need to decide for yourself which of the many wonderful herbal suppliers you want to have a relationship with and to start buying um, herb in large enough quantity to have it on hand for making infusions. Okay. And there are Excellent 
herbal resources in the United States because the United States is a very active herbal community. Right. And so we have made sure that there's plenty of access for everybody to all of the herbs that you need in a variety of how long will they last once the infusion is made? Once the infusion is made, um, well, the infusion is very rich in protein, and it's very rich in vitamins, and it's very rich in minerals. In fact, it's rather like a quart of blood. Mm -hmm. So if you had a quart of blood, how long would that last? Hmm. (laughs) I mean, I, I don't know. It depends, I suppose, how it's stored. Not very long, right? Right. Because it's alive. Mm-hmm. I make the nourishing herbal infusion that I want to drink the next day, that night. Okay. I was talking about how at the Green Goddess Week that we would make f- four gallons of infusion. For one day. But that's because at the Green Goddess Week, the apprentices, the Green Goddess apprentices do, as I ask every apprentice to do, which is to drink only nourishing herbal infusions and nothing else. Mm -hmm. So... There are various uh, dodges on it if you don't feel that you have the time to boil a quart of water each evening. But it's not a lot to do for yourself, really, to boil Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a quart of water, is it? Mm. Doesn't take all that long to weigh out an ounce of herb put it in a quart jar and to uh, boil a quart of water. In fact, uh, I have found that I can weigh out the herb in my jar, put the water up to boil, go in the bathroom and brush my teeth, and that um, my teeth are adequately brushed in about the amount of time it takes the water to boil. Since um, I usually make my infusion last thing at night and brush my teeth at night, it works out pretty evenly. Okay, a nice little ritual. Yes. Um, and what about the, you had mentioned earlier, mullen? Mullen. Mullen infusion. So I weigh out one ounce of mullen into my quart jar, fill the jar to the top with boiling water. And let it steep for four hours or overnight, and then I strain that. And um, when I'm preparing it to drink, I mix it half and half with milk. If you like um, chai or that kind of thing, um, Mm -hmm. then season your milk. You know, warm up your milk with cardamom or cloves or cinnamon. Um, or and make a, a mullen chai. It's quite delicious. 
Okay. And Mullen Health is like a kind of a tonic for the lungs? Yes. Mullen right. is the original okay. message of the lungs. We've all played that okay. party game where somebody says something and then we pass it around the circle and it gets really distorted by the time it gets back. And, um, right, telephone it's called. And, mm-hmm. you know, when our cells replicate, it's kind of a game of telephone, isn't it? Because the, the, the DNA has to unspiral and then spiral itself back together again when it makes the new cell and there's room there for error to creep in. And I believe that what Mullen does is it comes in and it says, oh, everybody, it's not your mother eats bananas, it's your mother's blue bandana. And so the original message is restored to the lungs and the lung tissue. Okay. Okay, well, this is all that I'm taking. All right. Um... Well, yeah, okay, well, I need to say goodbye to you because it's time to say hello to our guest. Starfeather Marcy, are you here? Catherine, is Starfeather here? Are you with us? I can see you here. I, I am. Starfeather Yay. was born in 1945 in Boston, Massachusetts. She's a 10th generation American. Her first recorded ancestor, John Marcy, arrived in America in the mid-1600s as an indentured servant. She grew up in Vestal, New York, Uh, with four siblings where she roamed the woods, marsh, and banks of the Susquehanna River with a wonderful imaginary world, including invisible friends, fairies, and Indians. At the age of 21, she married Richard Shkinkawich. At the height of the Vietnam War, he was drafted and moved to serve the U.S. Army in Panama. When they returned to the States, they settled on Cape Cod, where there were ties to um, many people there, land and family, and they raised their two sons there, who are now 43 and 45. At the age of 40, 42, She was trained, mentored, and received her first initiation as a spiritual warrior by black belt kendo master and owned a small art gallery on Cape Cod called Art and Soul, where she taught art classes. Developing herself, she studied metaphysics and hatha yoga and was discovered as a shield maker by Megan Garcia. At this time, Starfeather was honored by a traditional native man of the Sistun Sioux and given a blessing for her skill and vision of a unique art spirit form, which she calls energy drawings. And uh, she divorced and is now enjoying a new relationship with John Elizondo, 
and uh, because of that has moved to the Seattle area where she calls women together in sacred circle uh, using the talking stick, a gift from Grandmother Twilight to me as well. She shares songs, chants, and drums. They connect hearts and souls. And these women, probably more than a 1,000 now, are not just her students, they're her teachers as well. She was trained and initiated into the Elder's Lodge in 1994 by Whitehorse Woman, a medicine woman of the Cherokee Nation. And although she's only 49 years old, the title Elder was given to her. From 1991 to 2006, she owned and operated Starfeather Sacred Art and Provisions for the Journey in Washington, uh, where she learned much, shared much, and received much. Her journey continues, and here she is this evening to share more of it with us. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight, Starfeather Marcy. Oh, thank you. I didn't know you were going to read all of that. Um, thank you for introducing me. No, I did edit it. I didn't read it all, but <laughs> <laughs> I I sent a shorter version. But I anyway. Um, yes. Well, I'm uh, I'm quite. Want to thank you for having me. Yes, I'm quite interested about the Native American teachings. How how did those? Mm-hmm. Come into your life. I mean, here you are practically a daughter of the American Revolution. Yes. <laughs> I had a teacher in grade school who was a DAR, so I'm familiar with that kind of mindset, right? And it's yeah. not a mindset that is very open to Native America. Right. Well, um, you know what? I have I've been puzzled by my own um, desire to learn and and practice Native American spirituality. Um, all my life, really, and it, it didn't really make sense. Um, and it's been, it's, uh, but I just finally gave up caring about that. <laughs> and um, I just decided to go where my passion would lead me, and uh, and that's where it's traveled. And so, part of what I've learned, or what I've really come to believe, is that we have two lineages. We have our blood lineage that comes from that family, the Marcy uh, Spencer family uh, for me, and that's uh, very much the um, Caucasian um, uh, strain. (laughs) And then there's uh, my uh, soul lineage, which I believe very strongly. uh, I've had many past lives uh, as a Native American, so I I've done research, I've done, uh, I learned how to do hypnosis um, so that I could really follow that, that trail and come to some understanding and peace around, around that. So that's where I'm at with that. I think that um, both are important, your, both your soul lineage and your, your blood lineage. And I'm here to uh, express um, my, my spirit through this body that's very Caucasian, you know, and gift that's been given me in this lifetime. So um, I'm working. With, I'm working with it. <laughs> yes, I often refer to myself, especially in Native context, as that dumb white girl. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have found so many wonderful Native people that are just have have welcomed me and um, 
and and I so appreciate that openness because I've also done a lot of study about Native American history, and there is uh, such a, a, a there's a dark shadow of secrecy around the truth of the Native American uh, history that um, you know it's very hard. It's very hard for some people um, from from that culture to welcome a white person, and I can really understand why. Yes, my teacher grandmother Twyla was often accused of being an apple. Yeah. Red on the outside, but white on the inside. Because she okay. she said, "I'm not going to look at the color of anybody's skin. I want to look at the color of their heart." Beautiful. That's that's the primary teaching right there for all of us. You know, uh, no matter what color skin you have, you know, it's it's the we're all red. We all have red hearts, and and that's the the beauty of and we are all human beings. We're all children of this earth. Yes. Yeah. And so the thing, one of the one of the biggest gifts, uh, the, well, the gifts of those those teachings and study for me is has always been uh, more and more about really cherishing nature and um, and loving the outdoors. One of my favorite books is called A Walk in the Woods: Native American Spirituality, and um, and that's by Rainbow Eagle. And he says if you really want to understand. Um, this path, just go for a walk in the woods. And that uh, hit home for me so much because it, it, that's, again, that's where your, your spirit feels connected to the land and the trees and the rocks and the water. And, and that's, um, you know, it, it, it's nothing to do with philosophy. It has to do with heart connection to the earth and cherishing that connection. So I love your talk about all the herbs and everything because that's so in alignment with, you know, what we need to know right now. It's like not to go running for a pill somewhere, but to look look to the herbs to uh, help us um, come more into harmony. And my concern has been about fear because I, I think fear is uh, is just is, is causing a lot of damage <laughs> to people right now more than even the virus itself. Um, Absolutely agree with you. I think that is so powerful and so true. So we have, um, you know, what are the, what I, you know, my, I've, I've been asking myself, what are the things that I've learned that I can help to um, release that fear because it's all around me, every, you know, everywhere, and it's in the air, it's in the vibration of the land now, and and with so many people being afraid and. Um, and one of the things that I do every day is go for a walk. And so I just found out a couple of days ago that our local government has closed all our city parks and all our beaches. Um, and I was, I'm just like, I'm in disbelief of that. I'm so furious about that because Saturday, I was down. I live right near Puget Sound. I was down at our local beach, and there were a lot of people there. They were being respectful with the distancing, but people were laughing and having fun, and kids were running around. And I thought, wow, what a great stress reliever this is. And then the next day, they have, you know, blocked it off, and no, 
and I went down there today, and there was not one person, you know, down in that same place. And I thought, how sad is that, you know? Um, so there, there's, I don't know, that that's, I'm kind of dismayed about that. So I went for a walk. And this is based on what scientific evidence? None? You know, so... Um, no, none so, uh, of... Any kind, we do not know that closing public places or distancing or any of that is going to change the course of this pandemic. People who are somewhat more honest have said to me, Susan, the primary reason we're doing this is that the hospitals are completely unprepared. Yeah. And I checked my neighbor, Farmer John, his wife is a nurse, and she's taking care of the three COVID patients in our local hospital. And um, she said that they don't have adequate masks or gloves. She's having to reuse the same mask and the same gloves over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's just a lot of mis- misinformation running around. And so it's not, these these things are not to protect you, they're to let the hospitals see if they can, like, get prepared. And how shocking yeah. to discover that they're not. Yeah. Yeah. How really incredibly shocking to discover, you know, that the hospital does not have enough gloves on hand, that... Ordinary people were able to buy all of the gloves on the market, and so now hospitals can't get any what? <laughs> or is it because all the gloves were made in China, and China shut down? Well, that probably is it, really. <laughs> right? So, but the core knows that, that whatever that is is so, and if you just take that in, if you take that in and let it shock you and and raise your stress and fear level, that's not helping you any. Not right? helping you at all. So it's I would think that one of the things that you might suggest is drumming. Oh, yes. Now, I love drumming, and, and um, <laughs> I did try my first um, uh, online drumming thing, and it, it was kind of, it, it didn't go very well because it was on Zoom, and the drum actually shut down Zoom. The connection. So um, I'm still trying to figure out uh, how to share drumming online. Um, uh-huh. And why do you have to do it online? I, I haven't figured it out yet. I'd love to do that. Why do you have um, to do it online? Why can you not have a group drum together? Well, if I, because uh, right now in my town we're on lock, lockdown and we're not allowed to, supposedly. We're not allowed to meet. We're allowed to what? We are not allowed to meet. We're not allowed to go out for any reason except for emergencies or to get essentials. All our stores are closed. Drumming is an emergency medical help right now. Yeah. So we're learning uh, We're learning here how, what, what can we do to... Uh, I would say that you are allowed to have a drumming circle because it is medical. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that. You know, that's one thing. I, I, you're, a, you're a feisty elder, I can tell. I really like that about you. And, um, 
And we are kind of like we're like little sheep. We like, have got don't stand do that. up, and we're like, are, you know, <laughs> do we live in a country that's supposed to be free? They cannot tell you this. Yeah. This is yeah. only working because everybody's going along with it. And you say, yes, we're having a medical drumming circle. A medical drumming circle. Okay. A medical drumming <laughs> no, circle, and that's true. what we're doing, you know. They tried that here, yeah. and everybody, I was out today. Everybody's out on the road. Right. It, it, the drumming does release fear. It, it brings people together in community. It it helps to, to move into a trance state so you can stop that busy mind, you know, worrying and blah, 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 doing that kind of crazy thinking and brings you right into your heart. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's yes, drumming. It's a medical service that you are providing. <laughs> well, thank you for your encouragement. It's, it's, um, I think what I've been feeling is I'm, I'm trying to recalibrate myself to know, how to move forward it's because um i'm i am you are simply bowing to what the man is telling you and what i'm suggesting is you stand up and say no yeah it's true i was thinking yesterday that the guys that close the park i wonder if they ever go there you know exactly i mean what would happen if you went to the park (laughs) what are we actually talking about here are you going to be arrested for going to the park Yeah. So I would go to the park. Well, the park itself is actually um, closed off. I mean, they have fenced it off. They've actually erected a fence so you can't get in. No, well, you know, it's so, and, and you you would agree, I'm sure, that walking outside and breathing fresh air, especially salt air from from the sound or from the ocean, would have to be one of the you know, most healthy things for you to do, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and talk about good medicine for your lungs. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what it's, could be better than that? So it, it is very confusing. In Japan, and Japan's national medical system pays for it. Yeah. Right? Well, they're, tell, they're telling us that we can be fined $500 if we disobey this new law that they have, you know, that now we can't, we can't gather together. And all my work is about gathering people together. Um, I've always done that. I always feel the... the but the my lawyer said especially was with women. that eight people and under is not a gathering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some somebody who decided not to like me tried to get the health department on me and to make me uh-huh. um, run by restaurant laws, which which basically means that you cannot serve anything that doesn't come out of a can or a box. Yeah. And so I asked my lawyer what to do about it, and he said, well, so long as it's eight or under people, it's not actually a gathering. And... Um, what it can be is a um, collective. Uh, uh-huh. Collective. And so they were not able to touch me legally at all. Interesting. Well, well that's great advice. Yeah. Again, yeah. the more we give in to this nonsense, 
that is being laid on us. And believe me, it is utter and complete nonsense. The yeah. worst it's going to be in the long run. Yeah. I, I agree. I totally agree. And, yet, and there's that part of me that, see, I'm like the, um, I'm a little goody two-shoes girl that doesn't want to break any rules, you know. <laughs> but this is really pushing me, to, you know, too far that I'm like, I I know what's right, you know. Um, so I had written a letter to our town, town brothers to, uh, to express my disapproval. But, you know, how far that will go, it didn't go anywhere. So I just um, want to say I, I appreciate your, your cheering me on here. Yes. <laughs> um, and the other thing that I do. Especially because this is all open. This is all open. We're closing the park for two weeks. We're closing the park for a month. They're saying we're closing the park until further notice. Yeah. Yes, until further notice. Scary. This is an absolute contraction of our freedom. Yes. And not for the public good. Make no mistake about it. This is not for the public good. If you want to be extra careful, I have no objection to your being extra careful. But do Mm -hmm. not mandate it legally on me. Right. We should have the choice. You know, you have the choice of uh, how to how to move in this world. I mean, <laughs> and it's interesting, you know, that uh, it's like a great like we're in some kind of weird experiment. You know, how how far can we be manipulated? Um, you know, and um, uh, and be told false information. How 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 much can we take of that? And you know, it's like where the where where the, you know, I know you were around in the sixties and so like where where's that that spark of the rebel, you know, in us that is are we really so um indoctrinated that we just cave like I did and say, Okay, well I can't do that anymore now, I'll I'll do it online and then they say, Well, you know, it, it overwhelms the <laughs> It overwhelms the... the, What um, cannot be transferred to online? Yeah. My correspondence course students are not allowed to email me. I say the plants do not email. Yeah. If we are the teachers of the earth teachings, then we must stay true to the earth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that means saying to people, it's not just a walk in the woods, it's a barefoot walk in the woods. It's not just a walk in the woods barefoot, it's sleeping in the woods. It's not just one walk in the woods. It's a commit yeah. it's a yeah. commitment to yourself. Out. From, right. And however that happens and however you can make that happen. Wow, gee, I want you to have a little time to tell people how they can get in touch with you and what they might find when they get in touch with you. Oh, that's kind. Um, thank you. Well, I have a, I have a website it's called starfeather.net. And if you go there, you'll, you'll see <laughs> where I used to list all my events. <laughs> and, um, and right now you'll see that it says that uh, everything that happens at my home has been uh, canceled. So I'm going to be rethinking that, and so come back in a few days. 
But you'll also see um, my art. So I'm an artist, and I didn't really talk about that very much at this time. But my art has really been one of my master teachers. And I also really love to go into um, altered state of consciousness in, in different ways through uh, use of sound and uh, drumming and singing bowl and meditation. Um, and I'm very much I'm, a, I'm very much a, a person who believes in prayer mm-hmm. and um, a connection with spirit directly. So uh, all that is part of who I am. And uh, I'd love to bring people to to share from their hearts. We do what we call the talking stick sharing, where we speak from our hearts. And we're just totally uh, have, have shifted out of that kind of gossipy kind of talking uh, to tell our truth to each other, to be heard and witnessed in that. And then and to celebrate and to celebrate each other and our lives each other as we go through challenging times and um, wonderful times and I like to take people out on retreat I have a beautiful place I go to uh, on the Quileute Indian Reservation here in Washington that's out on the coast that is uh, right on the ocean and the land there is still wild the Quileutes have that tribe has lived there for thousands of years and they hold it in a beautiful way and um, so we go there um, on a retreat twice a year uh, and make our own art form called Medicine Shields. So that's, uh, that's primarily who I am and what I do. Um, I'm just trying to uh, continue to, to develop myself um, always, learning more and sharing more, uh, learning new ways to share my art. My shields are not for sale, but many people seem to like them, so I've just made some note cards that I um, have been uh, just trying to learn how to, to sell those, to market those. And and a, one of the kind of the jokes on me was I have this art exhibit down in my downtown area right now as part of our monthly art walk, and I have a beautiful exhibit of all my art at a place called Windermere Real Estate Lobby. And um, it's been closed. They had to close it, and now nobody can go in and get my in the windows. <laughs> so it's kind of one of those things, I don't know, where that's all going. But I'm also looking for the lesson in me. What is the lesson? And I think um, Just you've given me you know, a piece I'm of that, Susan. I am not canceling anything this year because as far as I'm concerned, the work that I'm doing and the work that you're doing are uh-huh. medical necessities for people right now. Uh-huh. Yes. This is yes. as important as having the drugstore open. Your drumming uh-huh. circles are that level of medicine. Let us respect them. Let us not cancel. Let us claim this for the medicine that it is. Yes. Thank you for that. That's that's. So now I know why I'm why, why we're talking. <laughs> oh, Starfeather, I, I really sorry did. that we have to say goodbye, but here it is, yeah. ninth, the end of the show. Thank you for being part of reweaving the healing cloak of the ancients. Oh, thank, thank you. Blessings yes. to you. 
Thank you, Catherine, for helping me to uh, restore herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine. Thank you all, everybody who called and everybody who listened. And we'll be back next week for more of the same. Green blessings and good night, everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.